smooth. Like the whole process was really pain. Um, yeah, yeah. First, what I want to do is I want to bring up my wife. I just wanted to make sure people know that this shirt isn't prophetic. It's, it's real right now. Um, and the other thing is um, we had a word a few years ago from someone that essentially, uh, despite our very different giftings and callings and kind of the way that we express the Lord, that there was more, uh, more influence in the spirit when we work together. And so we're learning to figure that out. But one of the things that um, she does well is kind of feel the room, stir the room. She sees things in the spirit that I couldn't comprehend. In fact, one time the Lord said, if you listen to a conversation between me and your wife, you wouldn't understand a single word. And I was like, well, that makes sense because I don't understand a word she's saying right now. Um, but I want to just, uh, she's, she's just uh, done that this morning. And I want to give her a chance to share anything that's on her heart. Thank you so much. That, wow. That was such a beautiful time of worship and communion. Thank you for inviting us to be here and be a part of that. Um, I was just really meditating on how the Lord's train fills this temple and how he's here right now. Um, so thank you for letting us be a part of that. Um, I had um, two different things that I wanted to say. It is so evident that you are a body of oneness, that we are one as he is one. And so I wanted to thank you and speak that over you and confirm that word that Marvin said. I was going to come up here and talk about unity, and you are doing it. Thank you so much um, for being one as he is one. And um, the, the second thing I wanted to say um, is for mothers. I am passionate about mothers, as Jesse said. I lead a um, Mothers of Preschoolers group, and um, I felt that the Lord had something to say to you today. Today, So if you are a mother, would you please stand if you're able? And I felt like the Lord wanted to speak over you today, that you are world changers, that you are life changers, that you have championed your children. And the Lord, number one, wants to thank you. Thank you for standing in the place, like the gaps for your children. Thank you for loving them so well. And thank you for, for being the example that they need you to be. Thank you. And the Lord wants to say over you today that as you have championed your children, he wants you to know that you even champion this city. Like some of you are, have already stepped into that place and I feel like some people are going to come into that place. That you champion the city by your prayers, that you rise up a Deborah and a mother um, because you have been so faithful in your homes to, um, to just guide the city in that way. So really quick, I just, um, if you feel comfortable, extend a hand to one of these moms and let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you have called them to rise up a mother, to rise up a Deborah, even in this city. And we bless them for what they already are doing in this city. And God, we send forth, God, new ideas and new life and, um, just new beauty, and we speak over them their worth and 
um, just all your love poured out on them. And I specifically heard that like prodigals are coming back. So in Jesus' name, we just ask that every single son or daughter that is represented in this room um, would follow after you, would be a kingdom builder. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you. Sweet. <clears throat> uh, Jesse, all those things are really nice. Um, I, I've been, I liked what you said and I wanted to clarify something that I've learned to understand. Um, I do have a, a gift. People follow me and do ridiculous things. And, but it, it is, when it's just my gift, it's pretty destructive. Um, but when it's anointed, when the Lord moves with it, um, and that's been a big part of my journey is learning the difference between my gifts, things that kind of move the world, and then when God wants to to use them and move them. And I think that ties into a lot of what we talked about, um, what we're gonna talk about. And I I felt like it was worth going into um, even a little bit more with regard to the prayer room because um, I think when you, that time of my life, college, if you've ever been, I don't know, 20, <laughs> I always say, <laughs> when I... When I was 20, I'm pretty much the dumbest that I can remember being and yet able to make almost all the decisions that you can make <laughs> as, a, as a human. You know, people will trust you to, to rent a car. I mean, it's a little more, it's a more expensive for a reason, right? Um, and yeah, the, that prayer room in our campus and, or in our dorm room um, was transformative. And I have a funny story about that room. <laughs> Um, but that we'll, we'll, we'll get into. But the whole point I wanted to make, Jesse, was that um, we're going to talk about how the Lord speaks today and that the part of the reason it was so that the group of students was able to jump with so much force, right? He talks about us being crazy radical students, but we're really just adults without responsibilities. <laughs> I mean, we had the time, right? Um, we didn't have kids. We, you know, classes it wasn't that big of a deal. But it was was Jesse and Erica, their faithfulness as a as a family, Jesse's faithfulness to the word, um, and him having responsibilities. Right? The Lord saying, "Will you stand with me in the place of prayer?" And he. Uh, he stood before there was a lot of traction, right? And so when the Lord, I remember sitting next to you in the prayer tent, and we'd had the, we'd had the prayer room in our dorm room for a few years, a couple years, um, and I just felt this thing in my stomach, um, which I, I like try to trust, but I don't always trust it because you know what happens. And, um, and I felt like the Lord said, you know, I need it if when you move off campus, the prayer room won't exist anymore unless it gets out of your dorm room. And I was sitting right next to Jesse, not even paying attention to the fact that Jesse had been like actually standing in prayer and really trying to build unity for years. I just kind of was in my own 21-year-old world. And I said, Jesse, we need a prayer room on campus. And I'm sure he's in his mind like, well, of, of, yeah, of course we do. But I think this is a totally novel idea. Um, but I, I really think that... Um, the reason why those students were able to produce something that lasted beyond our semester was because Jesse stood on it before it moved. 
he stood with it for years. And I don't even know who he inherited it from, like who was faithful before then. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I just want to pay attention to that and, and thank uh, Jesse. And um, yeah, my family's amazing. I do want to touch on that just a little bit. Um, we go to Journey Life Church out in Holt out in Holt, and it's really an amazing church. And you can tell it's an amazing church by who it invites to come speak at it. And it's invited Jesse twice, and, and Marvin once. So um, our pastor, I call him Dr. J, because he is a doctor, or St. Ep, because his last name's Step. And he's really phenomenal. He knows, um, he knows his gifts. He knows the way that the Lord has anointed him, and he knows how to bring in amazing people to help guide our community. And, and Jesse is one of those people. Marvin is one of those people. So the way that your community um, honors the people who are, are leading is, is it's something that we get to appreciate over in our little side of, of, of Lansing. Cool. Um, all right. So I want to talk about a problem. Um, it's a, I don't know if it's my favorite verse in Proverbs, or if it's the worst verse in Proverbs. I mean, it's probably one of the more haunting verses in the Bible for me. And so we're just going to start with that, and we're going to tease that idea out a little bit and see where it goes. Sound good? Cool. Um, So you guys have heard it, I'm sure. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. That one's, that one's easy. I got that. And then it says, and lean not on your own understanding. And all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight, right? I want to, that second part, lean not on your own understanding. This is in the middle of the, you know, the book of, of wisdom, of Proverbs, of things you should probably pursue understanding. You know, in fact, two chapters later it says, in all things, pursue understanding. It is the, the most valuable thing. And then, but it says that this one first. And so I, I often tell my wife, this is the verse that it doesn't, it's like permission to look stupid. And But permission might even be a little bit too gentle of a term. It's more like a requirement to look stupid. And then that, like, Jesse told the most gentle description of me <laughs> um, because a lot of those things um, are, are really great but I the way I see it is, is there's a lot of times I look stupid and the thing I want to add to that is not always was I supposed to look as stupid as I did <laughs> and so I really wrestle with this verse and I want to talk about what it looks like in the Bible and what it looked like in our lives, of when is, when is it time to lean not on our own understanding? I always say, I often say, um, only you and your heart, you're either the first or the last to know whether or not you're being humble or prideful. Because the expression of humility is sometimes walking into a room and saying, this has been fulfilled in your midst before you've done a single miracle. Or it's changing your trajectory entirely when your wife says, hey, you're being stupid. (laughs) And those two things, that stubbornness is both 
the sign of somebody extremely courageous, um, but also the sign of somebody extremely stubborn, right? And so, um, hopefully, I mean, my goal was to really tease out this verse a little bit, that this lean on, not on your own understanding is, is very quotable, um, but it's kind of expensive, it's costly to live on a day-to-day basis. And I want to talk about what that looked like in Scripture a little bit. Um, so I have a couple of examples, right? And this all stems back to the very beginning with Adam and Eve, right? Um, created a really good place, right? He said this is good, but this is good within the context of a boundary. I'm setting a boundary, right? You don't need to understand it. You need to trust it. And then somebody said, somebody came along and pointed out that boundary and said, is that really what you need to, do you really believe that? Do you really trust that? Is that really what the Lord said? And we all know that story, right? Um, they ate the apple, their eyes are opened, and, and the Lord said, there's a piece of your innocence that you lost there that cost everything, right? And they experienced the Lord's mercy. They leaned a little too much on their understanding in that spot. Um, Cain and Abel, that's a cool story because you get two versions of it, right? Two versions of the same situation. You get somebody who's saying, man, I got the very best. What am I going to do? I'm going to give it away. Well, that doesn't make a lot of sense for our minds to take our very best and give it away. Well, unless we lean on a trust or lean on faith. And you get somebody else who, who says, well, you know, I'm going to just kind of give the representative portion. <laughs> I'm just going to give a fair amount. And it's like, ah, that's not quite it, right? One of my favorite stories about this um, in Genesis is uh, from Genesis 12 with Abraham. And so Abraham's living his best life, uh, and the Lord says, hey, I want you to leave your family, leave everything you know, and I want to go to a place. And he gives him this epic promise, right? I'm going to make you a ruler, or I'm going to make you a blessing to all the nations. I thought that was really cool because he says, those who bless you, I'll bless those who curse you, I'll curse, but all blessing will flow through you. And I thought, oh, even curses have a, have a limit. <laughs> even the cursed will be blessed eventually. Like they'll get, eventually I'm going to work through this, right? Um, he takes them to, uh, it's a long walk. I don't know, there's probably somebody who knows how long it was, but it, was, it, it took a while. And I imagine, I wonder how often he thought about what the Lord said. I often wonder how the Lord presented himself. It says that he said, I don't really, I'm not really sure what that means, but I think about, is he walking, you thinking, oh, why am I doing this? Or is he more of an adventurer type? And he says, oh, I'm so excited to go here. Um, he doesn't have kids. He's got a lot of animals, maybe. I'm not sure. But what happens is interesting is that he gets there and the Lord says, ta-da, and I'm curious if you guys have ever given a gift where you were like, ta-da, and the person was like, ah, oh, this is not it. Um, it's actually a pretty funny story about my, uh, my, my grandfather. Uh, I don't know, it was probably 50 years ago. Uh, have you guys ever heard of St. Ignace right across from uh, Mackinac Island? Yeah, yeah, basically Mackinac Island, St. Ignace. It's a little town right across the bridge. I, uh, yeah, you could, my grandfather, he took my, <laughs> they used to travel, he took my grandmother up to, Saying this, and he and he saw this cabinet, and he says it's this little cabinet. It is 
It's like the size of this stage. And he says, do you like it? And my grandma said, no. <laughs> he says, oh, well, it's ours. <laughs> Ta-da, right? Uh, and they, they did some work on it. <laughs> this was like, this cabin was pre-indoor plumbing. I, I, I remember that was, an, that was an addition they added. Um, but I remember hearing that story all the time. Like, to me, it was such a cool place because I'm a kid and I'm not thinking about practical things. It was very small. It was very fun. But that's sort of what it was like with, um, with God and Abraham, right? He gets to the land and he says, ta-da, this is where you're going to be a blessing. And what is, does anybody real, see what, remember what Abraham realized? There was a famine in the land. There's no food here. And I... That was where he had a choice, right? He's like, all right, do I go back to the Lord and say, remember what you said, or do I lean on my own understanding? Ah, you know, I've traveled, I've met some travelers. A lot of them have passed by this place. They told me about a land further on that has plenty. So he goes to Egypt, and there's a whole mess of problems, right? It's the, that's the first time he, he tells somebody that his, his wife is his sister. That's uncomfortable right? Um, and he picks up a distraction. You know, later on, when, um, when they've got another promise from the Lord, right, that they're going to have a kid, and Sarah gets a little frustrated in the situation, rather than remembering, she says, well, here's Hagar, the Egyptian slave. Um, and so, when we don't lean, when we lean on our own understanding, when the Lord has said something, right, sometimes we pick up distractions. Um, <laughs> I told you guys I was going to tell you, I want to tell you an example of uh, leaning on our, not on our own understanding where things can go the other way that are kind of fun, right? Uh, Jesse said that we had a prayer room in our dorm room, and that's true, and we used it a lot. And you think everything that happens in a prayer room must be spiritual, must be, must be perfect. But let me tell you about the first time I proposed to my wife. And that means there was a second. Um, so the first time, we were, it was actually a series of events that was really beautiful. Um, I had grown up a not a believer. And uh, I got saved when I was 16 years old. And I still had a lot to learn about Jesus and love and all those things, just a whole world of things. And I remember the Lord saying, or I remember being up at three o'clock in the morning, trying to do math homework. And um, I had this, I don't know how to describe it. It was just an encounter with God's love. And it moved me and it changed me. And I was like, I'm going to drop out of school. That was my, that was my response is I was going to, I was like, I've been so hit by the love of God that I don't need any of this anymore. And so this is where leaning on my understanding or not leaning on my understanding has this, this other effect, right? And I, I was dating Mackenzie at the time, and we were in my prayer room praying, and I have this other, I have this heartbeat moment, and something inside me says I should propose to Mackenzie. Again, I'm leaning not on my understanding, and I propose, and she says no. <laughs> and I think, oh, shoot, God, what happened here? And... Uh, obviously I was right, right? Clearly, the, the, the moral of this story is I'm just far more prophetic than she is, and I've just been... 
No, that's not true. But uh, there's, there's so much to, to unpack from some of that, but what I want to focus on is the next phase, is that's, that I found myself, I'm a kid, right? I'm trying to figure life out. I'm trying to follow God, and there's not a great manual for it, right? And some, in some verses it says, hey, pursue understanding. I had been trained by this feeling in my stomach that there was something God about it, and so I was learning how to move with it. But sometimes it, God had more to say, Right? So two months later, we're back together. I remember being in a coffee shop, and I had basically dropped out of school and failed almost all my classes. I was like, God, what happened? Uh, and, and I remember sitting there, and I remember him saying something to the effect of, I didn't say, like, I didn't tell you to propose. I told you she was worth it. I remember sitting there and, like, really internalizing that because was, there was a lot of emotions that went with the whole experience. But him saying that, once I understood that, that changed our relationship forever. Because I don't know if you guys have ever been dating someone, right? We've been together now, I think, 17 years. Our first three years, we were in college. I was kind of, I was kind of rough. I was a little rough around the edges. I was told that by people who loved me very much. And um, when God said that she was worth it, it helped me get through those other times, right? Until we actually, until we got married. And it helped me get through since we've been married a lot of times. Remembering that word was pretty important. But I want to, I know I'm not presenting this really beautiful, like, oh, this is the time you lean not on your understanding, and this is when you lean on your understanding. Um, because I think this verse in this posture is intentionally, is difficult. I think it's challenging. I think it's meant to invite us into a place of more dependence um, and less confidence in ourselves. And so let's, I want to look at some of the consequence of this a little bit more, right? Um, going through Genesis, we've got Abraham who leaned on his own understanding, went off to Egypt, and got a distraction, right? And so we see Isaac, um, which is such a beautiful story, right? Isaac inherits the blessing from Abraham. That was really cool. And we hear God talk about Abraham like he basically didn't. He's like, Abraham was so faithful, you're getting this promise too. And I was like, that's like Hebrews 11, fast forwarded, you know, 4,000 years or something like that. That's really cool. But Isaac has a similar issue. He's, he's in a famine, famine, different than Abraham's famine, but he's in a famine and he's thinking, well, I'm going to go to the Abimelech. And God's like, oh gosh, we're going to, not, not again. Let me, let me throw him a bone. And he gives him a dream and says, don't do it. Don't do it. I want you to stay here. Um, he still tells a king that his wife is his sister, so it's like not perfect, but he takes one step forward, and, and Isaac's story is different. He planted in the famine because he trusted the Lord. He leaned not on his understanding, and what did he, he got a hundredfold return, right? That was, for them, that's like putting your money in the stock market and seeing it go up by 100%. I mean, that would, that would be a, a, deal, a game changer for a lot of people, right? And so remembering what the Lord said here, we see that he had a chance to go through the same, same process as Abraham, the same process as his father. He inherited some of those victories, but he had to take over. He had to, he had to, uh, he had to win in some of the areas where Abraham missed it, right? We can go through scripture throughout, right? Um, we've, uh, we've talked about, um, we can look at the spies, right? Um, Israel has got the spies. They send them over. They've had all this encounter with the Lord, and 10 of them 
seemed to forget every encounter that they had. And two of them seemed to remember. But let's think about the two that remembered. One of them was Joshua. What was Joshua known for? Being in the Lord's presence. So one of them that remembered was the guy who wouldn't leave the tent. The guy who just stayed in the Lord's presence. Who was the other guy? The one they described as different. Like, that guy's different. Like, we think about it now, and we see the resolution of the story of Caleb. We see his, his courage. We see that he took down giants. But the way they described him then is, like, that guy's different. He, that guy doesn't know things, so he's, he's leaning on something different. He's not like the rest of us, right? And that's kind of what it feels like to be a Christian sometimes. If, if we want to trust in the Lord with all of our heart, if we want to know how to differentiate what's in our hearts versus what's in our minds, if we learn to align our hearts with the Lord, we'll think and believe things that are different than what our mind has the capacity to understand in the moment. Um, God's so faithful, he's so kind, he speaks to us with kindness. That means that he speaks to us in ways that we'll understand. He's not trying to trick you. There are times that he puts you into environments to test your heart for your own sake. Um, But after all of that stuff, Deuteronomy, Four, five, and six is basically this call to remember, to saturate yourself with memories of what he's done, to saturate your family, to build a legacy of it in your family, in your home, everywhere. They didn't have TVs or else he probably would have said make TV shows about it. He said write it on your walls. So it was like they don't have TVs. They, they knew that they would stare at the wall sometimes too. <laughs> um, and that's Israel's history, right? Is God calling them to do things to help them lean not on our own understanding? Because what ha- Adam and Eve, the very first, the, the fall was just saying, I trust my own instincts over yours, God. And so how do we have the courage to not do that? Um, I'm, in a, I'm in like a crossroads where I'm just... I think I want to read from Psalm 77. Is that okay? Yeah. I, you guys seem like you guys like the Bible. Um, sweet. I'm going to just read this psalm to you because I think that it does a good job. Well done, Asaph. Um, I cried out to the God. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing, yet I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My spirit meditated. My heart meditated. My spirit asked, will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? 
Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Then I thought, has you ever thought that? I, it is a requirement of the Christian faith to have that thought. And if you haven't, uh, sign up now. Um, we'll go into why that is in a second. I don't mean to say that with such force. But this response is really the difference maker. This response is the game changer. This is the... This is lean, leading up to a Proverbs 3-5 way of living. Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With the mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw you, God. The waters saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the world when your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters. Though your footprints were not seen, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Um, in Romans, um, one of the first half, four or five, I get it mixed up, is he talks, he says um, that the, the result of suffering, the gift of suffering is perseverance. How comforting is that? Uh, perseverance is like to suffer again, to keep suffering, right? Um, but the gift of perseverance is character. I call, I, I often describe character as forged identity, identity that is deeper than words, that's anchored in your heart and unwavering. And character, character is the conduit to hope, right? Because the, the, the word of, of Jesus will not turn out void, and we are an expression of his word. Our identity, who you are as individuals, who I am, who we are, we are individual expressions of the word, of Jesus' very words, his heart, an expression of him. We will not return void when we anchor ourselves when we are willing to persevere, when we are willing to initially experience discomfort, when we are willing to lean not on our own understanding, but anchor ourselves in the heart of God, that's when we get hope. Hope being the, the, just the, the expression, the experience that of Holy Spirit's coming, right? He's going to respond to character. He's going to respond to the voice of Jesus that has been forged inside of us. When it's not done just from convenience or from doing what everybody else is doing or doing it to be different. If you're like me, I've never struggled with doing what everybody else is doing. I stand when everybody's sitting. I sit when everybody's standing. I get no reward for that. 
but we get no reward for following along either. Holy Spirit responds to when what, uh, that's my warning, don't worry. I got another, I think you said two and a half hours. This is phase one. You guys can get the potluck food and I'll keep going. I'm not hungry. Anyway, um, (laughs) yeah, um, I lost my train of thought. That was probably good for everybody. Um, So um, here's what I'll say. Uh, This is a powerful, this is a conviction in, in my wife's and my life. And because for years I felt like we often wrestled with knowing what to suffer for. And a lot of times, I was suffering because of immaturity, because of my personality, because of my wounds, because I refused to be humble. And yet it was very easy for me to find Bible verses or Bible stories that justified my position. I always find, and when somebody asks me for advice, I sometimes joke and I say, which thing do you want to do? And they're like, I want to do the right thing. I was like, are you sure? Because I can find a Bible verse for both. We can, we can do both, whichever you want. Um, I, I, I have this saying that if you're not wrestling in a paradox, you're probably compromising a truth. But the cool one is when you write that down, wrestling has rest in it. And really we're called to rest in those paradoxes because that's when we know. Um, and so um, my wife and I had a, have had a cool last few years where we've had a chance to really uh, train ourselves in leaning not on our own understanding. And it has not been convenient. Um, it's, not, uh, it's not been like pretty. It's been wonderful, like full of wonder. Um, but learning to trust each other and trust the Lord where our understanding is and where it isn't. There was a season, um, I, I left the corporate world to do some of the stuff Jesse talked about. He made it sound amazing. I was like, yeah, I want to know that. I want to be that. <laughs> I want that to be my job. And it is really so amazing in so many ways. But let's just say it's been hard. Um, there have been opportunities where it would have been easier to not do it, right? So, but a trusting in what the Lord has spoken and learning to wait for the Lord to speak, learning to remember what he spoke has been, been the process. And there was a time where it was particularly difficult. Um, and I remember somebody asking, how do you guys stay consistent? And I said, I don't, I've stopped asking for like an answer. And we've asked for a courage each day, just enough for that day. And to do that, we created the Bailey Daily News. <laughs> Um, and that was where we would, uh, I would wake up in the morning and I'd have my normal, I'd, I'd tune myself to the word. That's essential. You're not going to hear the Lord correctly if you're not tuning in the Lord every day. There's just, there's no exception. I'm not saying that there are days that I don't read the, the Bible because life happens. I'm just saying there's, that's just it. Um, but I would go through and I had, I had uh, chronologically taken everything that I had saved of people praying over us for probably 15 years of our life. And every day for a month, I would tell my wife what I read in the Word that day, and I would remind her and myself, like this was a team effort, and myself, 
somebody who said something about it, starting with, you know, 15 years ago, one of the earliest prophetic words somebody had ever given me. And then I would say, that's why I have courage for today. And I did that for 31 days. Uh, and that's how, that's the, that is how we made it um, through that month. And that practice has impacted us. And I think, but the hardest thing about it was, shoot, we've been together 15 years. This is not everything that God has said or done. And how come we've forgotten so much? How come I haphazardly put those journals somewhere else? And so, this is not meant to be a plug, but a little bit, you know, Jesse was talking about how we're, um, I have a business partner, we build tech stuff. One of the things we built is, a, is an app called God Speaks. And um, I, I, somebody, Jesse said that there's a, like a little logo thing he can put up there. But um, I will say as a, I don't know how to describe this. God Speaks is, it's an app that goes on your phone. It's in your, you can search it on the app store. And it is solely purposed for you to write down the things that God has done in your life, God activity. And so um, I will say that's for me. I'm a journaler. I have, uh, I go through one journal every six months and it's uh, every journal for me might have five or it might have 20 things where I think to myself, I want that, I want to be reminded of that. I want to remember that. Or it could be me praying over somebody, somebody and, and it, something happens, right? I pray for someone, a word of knowledge that I get right. Um, it might be a dream that I have. But anyway, My God Speaks is an app that's fully devoted to storing off these things that I've experienced. And then what we coded in the app is just a very simple thing that once a month it reminds you. And I've just, my prayer, our prayer for this, this tool is that people would be encouraged to, first and foremost, spend time with the Lord. Second, to hear him speak. Third, to write it down. But fourth, ultimately, to remember. There's no remembering what the Lord has done if you're not writing it down. There's no writing it down if you're not hearing him speak or paying attention. And there's no hearing him speak or paying attention if you're not tuning. So, I mean, there's a, there's a process, right? But for the most part, this is built not to get people, you know, I, it would be a different conversation if I'm inviting people into intimacy with the Lord. In this case, I'm inviting people intimate with the Lord to remember what he's done. Um, and we've built a tool. Um, I don't have a lot of great, uh, I don't know how to transition that. I guess I just wanted to share that with you. <laughs> um, we use it, and it's a, a little context is, it's, we've been building it for about six months. It's been really cool to hear stories um, and of, of how that's helped, but really it's been great as a, just a personal tool. So, all right, here's my, I'm, I've met one of those crossroads again, so let me decide where we're going. Okay, so I asked Jesse, do you guys have a time? Yeah, this is it. So Jesse's been, uh, you guys know Jesse, you probably have this privilege in your life. He's a great cheerleader, right? If you say you have an idea, he probably says, oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's such a good idea. What do you, how can I help, right? And so every idea I've had for, well, not all of them, but <laughs> a lot of ideas I've had, Jesse's that guy for me, right? And, um, 
So when we talked to him about God Speaks, he said, I loved it. I want to, how can I help? And I said, some point I'll want to just share it with your community because we're, we're going to want it. The, the biggest thing for us is to actually live out our mission, but also invite people to help make it better. And so he said, well, and I said, I'd like to, I'd like to see, I believe that every, just about, I believe every con- congregation, they might not need an upgrade, uh, I, you know, probably all could use an upgrade in intimacy, but they might not need an upgrade in intimacy. They might not need an upgrade. I might not have that to give. I might not have the upgrade to give in hearing the Lord, but perhaps we can be somebody who brings an upgrade in writing it down and remembering. And so what I'd like to do, Jesse, is if you're willing to let us, we'd like to come share what it means to us to remember the Lord, what it means, what challenges us to remember him and why and then invite your community. I know that you guys every uh, you guys do communion one week, and then you guys remember what uh, you guys do a little testimony time on the other weeks. I want to see. I'd love to see that time have more hands raised. Um, I'd like to see uh, even people remembering old things that God has done and seeing how He's been faithful to them. Um, essentially, that's what we. If we're when, when Mackenzie and I talked about going to different communities, we said, what, what can we give? What, what will be different because we go there? Um, otherwise, we might as well just stay in our, our, our church. We love our church. We love our community. And so what's worth coming to, to SOCC is that you guys have such a rich history of what the Lord has said and done in your community. And I can only imagine that extends to you all individually. And so if there's a way that we can contribute um, in the spirit, but also practically to you recognizing and writing down what the Lord is doing and then remembering, that's what we want to bring. And so here's how we want to do that today. Um, I would like to invite my wife back up because we're a team. And... Jesse, do you want to come up and play piano? Do not want to? Okay. So here's, here's, um, here's what I'm thinking. First, let me converse. All right. Perfect plan. That was how fast. We created a new husband and wife language that we can just <laughs> that quickly. It goes, can I, is it okay if I do this? And she says, yes. And I say, okay. <laughs> um, so <laughs> here's what I want to do. I want to give you guys a couple minutes because um, I, I'm sorry. We're just going to try this out. Um, I want to give you guys a couple minutes to hear the Lord. And then I also want to give you guys an opportunity to get prayer. Are some of you all people who, who pray for people up here? All right. Even if you're that person, I want you to stay there for a second and just let the Lord talk to you. I have this thing that I tell um, businesses when I talk to them. I say, if it doesn't change your calendar, then it doesn't change anything. So whenever we're done with a meeting, I say, what in your calendar changed? If your calendar didn't change, nothing changed, right? But in this case, I would say, uh, to the spiritual community, if you didn't hear God speak, 
then it didn't do anything, right? And so you may be sitting there and thinking, wow, everything Andy you said really sits well in my heart that really moves me. But I, I need you to hear the Lord speak. You may have heard me say things and heard nothing important. Great, I feel like God's made room in your head for him to speak, that would be awesome. So nothing changes in my heart until God speaks to it. And so I wanna give God a chance to speak. But after a couple minutes, if you're somebody, um, and I'll, I'll trigger this, uh, who, who is up here praying for people, I'd like you to come up because I'd like people to come up for prayer. We'd like to pray over you guys. Um, anything at all. In fact, I'll probably hand it over to Mackenzie to describe that. But I wanna give everybody a couple minutes.